Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Johnny King Show. I am so privileged and honored to have my amazing uh, friend and coach, Dr. Keith Wagner, in the house. Uh, Keith, how are you? Thanks for being here. Hey, great to be here, Johnny. Thank you for having me on, sir. You're, you're not only um, a, you know, you said you have your PhD in psychology, correct? That's right. Uh-huh. But, you, but you also uh, fell trees. You, always, you also chop trees. Yeah, chop them down, you know. Gardening. <laughs> yeah, I was just do doing gardening. that right before the show. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I uh, just ran in. I've got a neighbor lady that she's got a dead tree, and her son was out there with this little bitty chainsaw. You can tell a lot about a man by the size of his chainsaw, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this big, giant chainsaw. And uh, I was out there <laughs> chopping this thing, cutting it down for her, so just trying to help her out, dragging it out of her yard. Uh, so awesome. <clears throat> well, I met you through uh, – you were – my Tony Robbins coach back in the day, initially. That's correct. Right. Um, yeah. But I would say that our coaching calls were just as much insightful as they were hilarious. I think you're, <laughs> you've got a part-time like comedian, you know, act going on. I think it's pretty good. You and Kevin Hart should team up or something. Oh man. Yeah. And they measure my jokes in groan factor. How many groans was that? Oh, it's just, they're terrible. I don't know. I don't know. You, you know, you're good. You, I think we'll probably get into some of it, but um, if you don't mind, maybe fill people in who don't know you just a little bit more on all that you've done, because there's a, there's a litany list of all the things that you've done, but what are some of the things that you're most proud of or that you've enjoyed the most? Oh man. Proud of those. Man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm really, really so thankful for the people I've been able to study under. I mean, not only the academic stuff like you mentioned, but um, being able to study with people like Tony Robbins, uh, I mean, you know, Tim Grover, you know, just being around these guys and being able to learn from them, the special forces guys mm-hmm. and military guys I've been able to learn from. Uh, I mean, it's just really neat stuff. And so I've, I've been able to do a lot of stuff, my mentors in martial arts, and it's just a constant process of learning. And uh, it took me a while to realize that I didn't have to prove anything to anybody. It was about being me and just serving. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to be Dr. Keith Wagner or any of these things to have any kind of self-worth. I needed just to really love people and serve them and soak up as much knowledge as I could so that I could, you know, transform it and give it back. Yeah. I think it's pretty powerful. It it makes me think of the topic of just serving. I mean, I feel like, you know, a lot of what I've learned through you and through Tony and my life in general is just how much there is to life uh, in regards to (laughs) the secret to living is giving. Right. And yet being a true like servant, leader is easier said than done. I feel like, like I intellectually know it, but I still feel like I struggle with so much of my life still coming from what am I not getting, you know? Right. So how do you, how have you found your way into really truly embodying that, that level of service and giving of yourself versus thing like, Oh, where's my next paycheck going to be or my next client or my next, you know, that sort of thing. Well, uh, one of the things that I, uh, I do is I just remember, you know, Tony teaches something called the six human needs, which mm-hmm. is 
all human behavior from the best of behaviors to the worst of behaviors are all about trying to get your needs met. So a big part of what I have learned, you know, Tony has taught me, I learned back at becoming a marriage and family therapist and a psychologist was you have to be aware of yourself and then you create a mission. So I'm constantly doing what I call a mission assessment, which is just checking myself. What, what am I up to right now? What I'm about to say, what I'm about to text, what, what, how I'm about to respond or react. What's that about? What am I trying to accomplish? And so that's the core of everything I live for is to be very aware of my result in the moment. Now, you know, me being a natural born asshole, sometimes it takes me <laughs> a lot of work. Uh, and I'm really good at that. I win lots of awards for that. Uh, it, it's a lot of work to condition that because sometimes, you know, I just really want to tell people after the 15th time yeah. and they're still whatever, you know, doing whatever they're doing in their life to cause all themselves so much unnecessary suffering. Mm-hmm. So my key is, is just to love. And of course, my faith in, in Jesus, my faith as a Christian has been huge. You know, my number one mission is to honor God. And, you know, that's what I filter through no matter what's hard, whether it's a marriage or whatever. And I remember, you know, this is a, something I really am focusing on is to have faith. You know, a man of faith doesn't mean that you don't wrestle. You know, we all wrestle with stuff. Every yeah. single one of us wrestles. So, I mean, I got problems. I wrestle. I've been doing this for almost 30 years, but man, you know, there's a reason why I have to work so hard at it. Were you always interested in this or was it like, was there something huge in your life that really pushed you to be like, Oh God, I gotta get, you know, I gotta be less <laughs> asshole and more, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> more supportive and giving or, or what were well, you always just like into personal development and personal growth? Now I grew up real poor, uh, not very academic. You know, I'm the first person in my immediate family, at least to get a college degree. But my father, you know, I love him. You know, I've got a great story, at least it's great to me, that I tell about him and you know, how tight we were at the time of his death. But my father was an alcoholic. And uh, one of the things you learn uh, growing up with an abusive dad is that you've got to anticipate moods. So I learned early on you know, how to listen for him and his mood and his tone coming home you know, so I wouldn't get beat you know, or, or blamed or, or anything like that. And so early on, I developed this ability uh, to listen and anticipate, but also, um, you know, growing up the way I did with the turbulent home life that I had, uh, I, I wanted to become a peacemaker. So I remember even in grade school and high school, breaking up fights and being that guy. So it, it's, it's kind of come natural for me. And I think, you know, pain forges us in those types of lessons into our core identity, especially the ones we go through early on. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. I mean, maybe along those same lines, what do you feel like has been one of the more difficult things that you've faced in your lifetime, just for you personally? Mm, man, there's been a, there's been a lot, Johnny. Yeah, that you've like overcome. That. Yeah, well, that, and then, uh, you know, I've been a, a Christian minister and, uh, you know, a, a serial entrepreneur and a life coach. And then, you know, I've, I've blown it all, man. You know, I've blown <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I have failed on every account of everything that I coach other people to do. And so uh, uh, it's been what, man, I was married almost 20 years to my first wife. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's a story right there without any kind of harm or shame to her. You know, I just had to own my part of that as being a failure as a husband Mm. and, you know, allowing the ghost of my past to come in and haunt me that, you know, basically ruined a marriage and split up my family. Mm. Uh, Of course, that wasn't all my fault. And I'm not trying to say it is, but, you know, I I can see the things that I had to go through. So, Mm. 
something that is a constant lesson to me is focusing on the now and the missions that I have. And, you know, that whole fear of, um, you know, being an imposter, that imposter syndrome thing. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm constantly working on that. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm Dr. Keith Wagner. But at the same time, you know, I've wrestled, man. It's not, it's not easy. Yeah. I'm constantly Amen. wrestling to, to really grow and to work through even some of those woundedness, that, that wounded stuff that I went through in the past. It's still here every single day. Yeah, you feel like it. Uh, do you ever feel like you, you heal it? Or is it more just like a managing of it? Or, I mean, obviously you heal it, but it does seem to come up. The older I get too, I'm like, man, I thought I, I, thought I licked this. I thought I got this out of the way. Yeah. But man, it keeps rearing its ugly head. How do, you, how do you work with things that just continue to keep popping up when you think that you've handled it? Or is it just part of being humble and knowing that you never have everything licked? You just got to keep forging forward. Well, I am the best at being humble. I just want to tell you that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like are. better than you at being humble, bro. Just <laughs> yeah, keep that in yeah. mind. <laughs> no, you are. You are. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't hear any shit about that. I'm, I'm so good at hum- humility. Um, but yeah, I think, you, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. You know, it's just work. You know, Tony Robbins says this, you know, he, and I get this as a coach, you probably do too. I mean, you, you've got awesome clients that you work with and, um, you know, they'll say, hey, if this stuff is so good, why do you have to work so hard at it? Yeah. You know, why do you have to every single day get up and do your rituals and, you know, work out and eat right and push yourself and focus and read? If this stuff really works, why do you have to do it? You know, and Tony will look right at him and say, what are you nuts? You know, it's like working out or eating or breathing. You, it's a constant war of attrition. You yeah. have to constantly press forward, man, and do it. And yeah. so, yeah, I got to get up every single day and be that guy. I don't know if you've heard this phrase, but there's a guy named Tim Kennedy. I really love this phrase. It's called be hard to kill. And so I've adopted that in my own life, hard to kill. And that's not just somebody breaking into my home, you know, and somebody trying to beat me up. Uh, It's being hard to kill emotionally, being hard to kill off of my mission. Uh, Mm. That's something that I really focus on is I want to be hard to kill. When it comes to all this stuff I've ever gone through, man, all that Mm. stuff. You know, I didn't go through that for nothing. That was training. In my opinion, that was God's way of saying, Keith, you've got a bigger purpose. You've probably heard the old quote from Bruce Lee, you know, don't pray for an easy life, pray for the strength, you know, to overcome it. And so I really have adopted that ideology. To me, that's what this is. And man, you know, I still have a lot of hard stuff in my life, maybe not compared to others, but it's hard to me. Sure. I get up every morning and I slay those dragons. I, I face those demons. I engage them, you know, and then something I think that's important as us men, I think a lot of times we fail at this point is once we engage the battle, allowing God to give us the blessing. Mm-hmm. Now, even in like medieval times, you know, the, the knight would receive the blessing of the king or the priest. That's so important. And in our culture today, I don't think that a lot of men know how to receive a blessing or to even give a, or bestow a blessing. And so we're like going around fighting all these battles with no, no win, with no pain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So another thing that enables me to keep fighting and growing is celebration, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to just say, thank you, God, thank you in these moments and go, yeah, you know, that I kicked some ass today. That, that was good. Mm-hmm. Even if it was maybe kind of like you are, you know, you're fighting some stuff right now, perhaps, but you know, the fact that you showed up, that I showed up, man, that's worth going. Yeah. Yeah. Yes yeah. is a powerful word to the human psychology. Yeah. And I don't think that we give ourselves permission in our culture enough to do that. Amen to that. Um, along those lines, you make me think of so many different questions, but uh, something I spoke to most recently with 
some of the guys that I've been working with is that like how much anger repressed keeps them from feeling anything and they become apathetic and they shut down and talk about energy management. They're they're not able to receive a blessing. They're not able to receive their own love. They're not able able to receive the love of others. They're not able then to feel anything. And they're wondering like, what is this all for anyways? You know? So how, how, how can guys go about in just starting to, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about if I'm, if, if a guy that's listening to this is really down in his luck, and really, really struggling. Like what are some of those things that he could do just on a moment to moment or day to day basis, whether it be maybe listening to how you start your day or, I mean, what would you say is the, maybe the first step towards just chipping away at some of those uh, deeply rooted lack, lack of self-belief or challenges that guys face? Well, uh, good questions, brother. I mean, number one, you know, just like what you do, you are a, a great example of this, of how you can be a man's man, you know, a real badass, but at the same time, be in touch with your feelings and your emotions, right? And be a, be a loving, big hearted guy. I mean, that's who you are. And you think about how does somebody do that? Um, well, it's number one is that you have to begin to envision something. You create a vision of who you want to be in life. You know, going back to my dad, just because it's such an awesome personal story to me, whether anybody else thinks it's good or not, I love it. It's, it's, you know, it's my own, it's my own thing. Go with uh, it. <laughs> you know, even though my dad may have failed on so many points as a dad, I had to decide this kind of son that I wanted to be. Yeah. And one of my most precious memories that I'll carry with me forever was being beside him at the moment of his death. He waited for me to drive all the way from Texas. I couldn't get a flight. I had to drive 14 hours from Texas all the way to Nashville, Tennessee, where he was. And I got there and he died about 30 minutes later. But I was right beside him, looking into his eyes as he drew his last breath, Johnny. And that's painful. It's been over yeah. 10 years now. But it's precious, right? And so I made a decision, no matter how much my dad messed up, because he was just a man, right? He, just like all the rest of us. He had his exactly. own things, his own fights. Um, I had to decide the son I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So it starts with vision. Who must you be? And then you have to flood that vision. You, you don't want to just say it and go, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, you, you have to make it a must. You have to create a compelling vision of your whys. Why must you be that guy? And for me, you know, having a son myself who's 16 now, I thought, you know, I don't want to make those same mistakes, but it couldn't be all about my son either. It had to be a compelling vision about me, the man that I wanted to be, mm-hmm. the feelings I wanted to feel, the story I wanted to be able to, to, to tell. Um, this next weekend, I'm celebrating my 50th birthday. And uh, one of the things we're going to be doing, I've invited some guys to come to my house here in Arkansas, and uh, we're doing this extreme kind of spiritual fasting prayer deal. One of the things that we're going to be doing is writing our death songs. Mm. And we've got a native uh, Lakotan tribe builder that's going to come out of here. He's going to be beating the drum. We're going to have a fire. We're going to really piss off all my neighbors. But, <laughs> but one of the things we'll be doing around the fire is chanting our death song. Mm. And it's going to be, you know, your typical native... American, you know, ritualistic thing. So you don't have to worry about singing good. But the whole thing is just visualizing your life and your death. Every warrior, every great warrior, every man, you know, wants to think about what it would be like to have a great death. Hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. Have you ever thought about that? How, how you want to die? Um, no, I haven't. Uh, more, nothing more than like 
hoping that's a long life and that it's a life on purpose, you know, not any sooner than it has to be, but no, I haven't really thought about how, but it's, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. It's a thought that most people haven't thought of. And I really haven't much until recently, but the reason why I think this is so important is because if we can envision how we want to die, you know, in that moment of death, being able to look back and smile, then that means that we can also envision our life. And so what we do next is create our, our life song and we'll chant that around the fire the next day. But I bring that up because it starts with vision. And if you can envision your epitaph, if you can envision what you'd want someone to say about you, the legacy you want to, to leave, I call that being an anchor man, where you anchor that into every single day. That makes you hard to kill because it's all about that moment. And as a minister and as a coach and as a counselor, I've been beside a lot of people uh, on their deathbeds and uh, in some of their last moments of life. And there's nothing more tragic, man, than to be there with someone in their last moments of life and then just being terrified because they lived in regret. They didn't do what they wanted to do. They didn't major in the major things of life. And that is just so, so horrible, man. I've, I've been able to be with those people. And I don't even know what to say. Right. And I've got a bunch of degrees in this stuff, lots of practice, but there's nothing to say if this person's living in regret. There's mm -hmm. nothing that can redeem that moment except for them to you know, give themselves to God. <clears throat> but I've also been by people's bedsides who have lived a great life and their moments of death, Johnny, man, it's joyful. I mean, you know, it is just something to see them smile and reflect on their life and to nod and say, yes, I'm ready. Mm. That is a hallmark of a life well-lived. Mm. And so that's where I st start with myself. And this is where, you know, I would ask other men to start is imagine your death. How do you want to go? Mm -hmm. What do you want your life to have meant? And then reverse engineer that, go backwards and think about what, am I, what must I do now to live that life so that I can have that death. Sorry, man, you get me going. I'll just keep talking. No, it's awesome. I, I mean, it goes right in line with the question I was going to ask, which was like, what do you feel like are some of the biggest challenges that men are up against in today's day and age? Yeah, Speaking I think regrets. it is. Yeah, it's just a, a lack of definition about who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to choose the son that I wanted to be. I have to choose the husband I want to be. I have to choose the father I want to be. I have to choose the coach I want to be, so on and so forth, right? The entrepreneur, um, all that stuff identity is the strongest force of human psychology. And so if I can address that vision, number one, then I can reprogram the brain. And if then, then I pour energy into that vision, just like you build a bicep or anything else, you pour energy into something, you build it. So if I want to build a big bicep, I pour energy into it. I do the exercises. I, I feed it. If I want to build anxiety and depression and emptiness, you think about the formula for that. I pour energy into nothingness. I choose what I call small yeses for my life. I just stay busy all the time. I never focus on the core idea about who I am and the principles I must live. And then a day goes by, another day, I begin to take those days for granted until pretty soon it's my last day. And you know, we never know when that'll be. None of us can predict that, it could be today. And so that means that I've got to choose those biggest yeses for my life today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That creates that sense of identity for really who, who will be and that'll echo echo all through eternity actually yeah <clears throat> amen to that along the lines of of 
fatherhood, you talk about your dad and you being a dad. What what are some of the things that you're most proud of in being a father to your kids? Oh, oh man, you get me talking about that. I mean, number one, both of my kids, I have a daughter, her name is Phelan and she's 19. She's a sophomore in, in at college. And mm. I have a son, Seth, he's 16. And he's a junior in high school, man. And they're just good people, you know, and I can't take credit for that really. I mean, you know, they are just fantastic people. I believe parents can't take all the blame for their kids bad and they can't take all the credit <laughs> for their kids good yeah, uh, because they're their own little people, but they are good people. They, they love God. They're people of faith and conscience. And I just love seeing them act and problem solve. And then, of course, you know, being a dad and doing martial arts, I love to train them both. They both train with me in martial arts. And uh, we just love to run around the yard training and fighting and, you know, having fun. And then just, just creating those magical moments. I, I think that's, that's the big thing. That's but cool. with my son and daughter specifically, um, <clears throat> one of my goals is to impart a vision of what it means to be a, a good woman or what it means to be a good man. And we use a biblical definition of that. You know, we're, we're Christians. And so one of the things I do is I like to extract rituals um, from those ideas and teach them, you know, purposeful lessons. And that's something that I love to do. And so let's say that, you know, they mess up somehow. You know, one of the things that I do is just talk to them. Hey, you know, what happened? Well, what were the consequences of this? Get them to understand choices and consequences. And if they did something on purpose, like skip school or, you know, get mad at somebody and tell them off or send them a bad text. I ask them, you know, hey, you know, play this forward. The military calls it second and third order of effects. You know, what's the collateral damage of this? What's going right. to happen? What did this do to your own heart? And um, so those are some of my favorite things to do with them is to get them to think about that choices and consequences. I think that's great. <clears throat> well, and speaking of choices and consequences, what are some of the things that you feel like uh, choices that you made maybe in your first marriage or, I mean, we don't have to go into the details, but like what have you learned from your first marriage that has allowed you to be uh, a better spouse uh, in the, in the present moment? You know, what, what's something that you've really felt like you've brought along and, <laughs> Well, and probably the biggest thing, the biggest thing is when my wife says, how do I look in this, these pants? I say, great, baby. That's number one. That's what I learned first and foremost. It's the same answer. Oh, yeah. baby, you look Man. so great. Killing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I, I major in with my wife is help her to feel seen and important. Number one, always make sure that your woman feels seen, which means that you can look into her eyes and you can hold that moment with her as a man. And as us men, it's tough sometimes because of our own imposter syndrome stuff to mm. be able to be in that moment with a woman. So many guys think that they just want to go, you know, have sex with a woman, take her to bed, but they can't really handle that woman. They can't handle the fire and the beauty and everything that God has made that woman to be. And so when a man can stand in that place, I call it the sacred space, when he can stand in that sacred space and see inside of his woman's eyes and stand there and project love and that energy into that, that's that energy thing again. Oh man, that's number one. I really believe that women are meant to be lovely, to be captivating. And if I can learn to show my woman, wow, and just have that sparkle in my eyes, that's number one. Can I give you two more? Please. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's number one, make her feel seen and lovely and beautiful, no matter what. Number two is always help her express her voice. She wants to be understood. 
Now, I really believe that uh, I suffer from manliness, as you do too. You know, we suffer from man brain, yeah, whatever yeah. that means, masculinity. <laughs> and so I'll never completely understand a woman. And so what I teach is that you don't have to understand the nuances. You just have to understand that she wants to be understood, which means to do your best to listen, to give her room to be emotional, you know, uh, which means, you know, I don't want to change her femininity into a masculine energy or it creates you know, a repulsion instead of a, an attraction. So instead, mm -hmm. if I can give her that space and just let her get her emotions out, uh, then she will be really feminine. Even if it's somehow it's tough for me for that first thing to stand in that sacred space as a man, because, you know, all of us suffer from severe TW syndrome every now and then. You know what TW stands for? Teeny weeny. You got it, bro. You got it. You remember. Awesome. Yeah, I remember. All, I remember. You remember TW. Uh, we all suffer from TW, man. It's like that Seinfeld episode. Mm -hmm. You remember where he came out of the, the cold pool? <laughs> Shrinkage. Yeah. 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 We all suffer from that, uh, man. And so to yes, be in that yes. place with our courage, understanding our mission, our mission isn't to win. Our, our mission isn't to shut her up. Our mission is to get her to open up. Hey man, that's so beautiful. <clears throat> Even the metaphor of sex. I mean, you think about what a woman has to go through to have sex with guys like us. It's incredible. <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't want to have sex with you, Johnny. I'm sorry. I wouldn't either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but think about what she has to go through to open and to moisten and to soften and to receive us. I mean, wow. Mm -hmm. What a courageous thing women must go through. I mean, man, it's just incredible. Mm -hmm. And so a man must be willing to stand there in that space and rise to the occasion, right? And deliver our strength. And that's how guys have to do it. Number one, stand there and help their woman feel understood. Mm. Can I give you the last one? Please. Awesome. The last one is safe. You must always make your woman feel safe as much as you mm. can. Now that's not just physically. Cause if you're a dude that uses your power and your strength and your size to intimidate or shut down a woman. I mean, you already have an issue, man. And, uh, you know, you got big problems uh, because men, when they're affronted, they'll either become passive and, you know, their strength goes away or they'll become abusive and overuse their strength. Mm -hmm. And once you do that to a woman, man, it's tough to get it back. You'll never get it back completely. Mm -hmm. So she must feel safe with you as a man, but ultimately that's emotionally. I teach men that you, you are in charge of creating the emotional safety of your home, the emotional environment, and then seeing that like as a tree that you always want to water and grow. So you got to check the warrior at the door, right? And you've got to turn on or put on the identity of the man. Um, it's a lot like, you know, one of my great friends who trains uh, Navy SEALs says, you know, we teach Navy SEALs to be so adept at that, so awesome at that, that they have to be able to hold a baby in one hand and choke the life out of a man with the other hand. We've got to be so emotionally in control to have that type of emotional control mm -hmm. that we can make our women feel safe emotionally and physically after just coming and kicking ass from some other arena of life, whether that's mm -hmm. no matter what that is, right? In your business, in your life, whatever. Mm -hmm. So those are the big three. You Seen, said understood and safe. Seen, understood and safe. And you said when a man is affronted, is that what you said? Confronted, mm -hmm. right? Unfronted, like he feels attacked, he feels right. belittled, whatever it is. Will either go passive or will be abusive. Abusive, right? right. It's well, I mean, not always, right? Like he could choose. What's that's the, when it goes wrong. When it goes wrong, it's either passive, yeah. low energy, or abusive, or high abusive. energy, right? That's right. <clears throat> Versus, like you said, yeah, okay. Just wanted to make sure that, but uh, 
that makes sense. I think the passivity talking about, uh, again, the energy side of things, that's, I feel like I've just seen a lot of that. I'm I've, you know, challenged with it all the time too. Like you said, just kind of fighting that fight against mediocrity or, or sedation or just kind of falling victim to like apathy is a challenge that I'm often up against. But I also see a lot of guys dealing with, especially with just pandemic and the world oh, yeah, and COVID stuff, man. so much stuff going on right now. Like 900% increase in domestic violence. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think suicides is on the, on the up and up, which is tough. Um, how have you dealt with just the, uh, with COVID with, you know, and how have you de- dealt with in your family versus your business? How, how have things been over this last year for you? Cause we, we saw each other just about a year ago. I think it was February. Yeah. You were in, yeah. in town, uh, chatting at one of my men's meetings, which is pretty awesome, but it's hard to believe that it's been one full year yeah, since then. But <clears throat> what a crazy year it's been since then. But nice. how are you feeling about, uh, yeah, about just the, the past year? Well, um, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed myself in that uh, people, more and more people are reaching out to guys like me because uh, of uncertainty. Yeah, you know, exactly. so They want certainty. You know, they want someone to help guide them. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about what I do. You know, um, it's just being able to be a, what I call a broker of certainty, just broker that, get that out there, help people find mm-hmm. faith and find, you know, a pathway forward. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I see it even with myself, like with the elections and no matter what somebody's political belief systems are. I mean, I coach people on both sides of the spectrum that are either super happy or super scared because of the turnouts of the election. Mm-hmm. You mix that with all the uncertainties of something you can't control, like a, a virus and it's tough. And um, the thing that is even tough for me is being able to find, again, that focus on going forward in what I believe in, no matter what. Um, I have um, this past year because of COVID, we weren't able to do our events in Vegas that we do, you know, the uh, undisputed mastery events where we do the boxing Mm -hmm. and the trekking through the Red Rock Canyon and all that stuff. Uh, so we shifted to doing small groups uh, in Texas, and we call this event Principled Savage. And it's mm-hmm. basically where they come in, we, we teach guys the same stuff that the top Navy SEAL teams do, the firearms training. It was all to develop something called AQ, Adaptability Quotient, which means in a moment of, press, uh, of pressure and stress, uh, who are you? You know, that's when stuff really comes out. Yeah, and man. you have to know the fundamentals in those moments in order to really be able to execute correctly in a, in a moment of stress. And so one of the things that I'm doing for myself is just going back and focusing on fundamentals. Hmm. What are the core principles of my life and who do I stand for? What do I stand for? Who am I? Mm-hmm. What am I putting energy in? And so I turn off the news. I'm not watching that crap from any station. I don't care who it is because remember wherever focus goes, energy flows. Mm-hmm. And whatever I put energy into, that will become my reality. I'll build that muscle. And I cannot afford, Johnny, because of who I am and how precious my family is to me and because of the honor I have of being a coach to you know, so many people, I cannot afford to be in this state of uncertainty. So I cannot give energy to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead, I purposely choose the basics, the fundamentals of who I am and put energy into that. For instance, you know, like a Navy SEAL, you know, the best of the best. It's nothing to see those guys come in in a moment of pressure and throw their handgun but uh, handgun up in the air because they skipped the fundamental master grip portion where they grab that correctly. Now, of course, if the best of the best can do that, what about you and I? Right. Have to go back to the basics. So that's what I'm teaching people. Ask yourself, well, who are you? 
what kind of man do you want to be during a pandemic after this thing is over? What do you want to have written about you or said about you? Or what do you want to be etched in your wife's heart or your lover's heart or your children's heart or whomever it is that you lead? When we put the, the, the focus on that, shine that light on that, then we can take a deep breath, really get into a state and begin to answer that question, mm-hmm. which means that I have to be able to put energy into it, focus onto it, to take action, to go back to those basics. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about uh, kind of a, a ritual experience, a pass, you know, a rite of passage, if you will. And I know, like you said, with the, with COVID, some of your events were sh- shifted, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to actually hear just a little bit more. Maybe you could tell the, those that are listening, like what, what a little bit more happens at your, at your events, you know, like that's uh 30,000 foot view, but what are some of the things that you enjoy the most, whether it be the boxing or the shooting or, you know, what's, what's the thing that you really enjoy getting into with guys? Oh man. It, great question, man. I, yeah. This is a passion of mine. Um, and it's just teaching guys to dig deep and develop that idea of principles about who they really are. Mm. I believe every man deep in his heart, has a blessing and has a strength. But I also believe that through woundedness, through life, you know, if I can use this term, the enemy, you know, he seeks to wound us in that strength. And so, and a lot of times men thinks that, you know, their biggest weakness is, you know, just a huge mess up or a flaw that becomes an unsolvable problem in their life that they can't get rid of. Mm. When in reality, a lot of times, this place of their greatest mess ups in life is a hint to their very core mission, their strengths. And so one of the things I like to do is go in with guys and wherever they've been wounded as men, whether that goes all the way back to their childhood or wherever that is, and help them just unfold that and discover how they can take that and totally turn it inside out, judo flip it, if you will, and turn the greatest pain of their life into something that's a blessing where they can say the most powerful words, I think, in the in the English language, which are, thank you, thank you. To think about, you know, the hardest, darkest time and moment. How awesome is it to completely make those moments yours and to own them by saying thank you to them? That's powerful, man. And there's nothing that invigorates a man and his sense of self and his sense of mission and power like being able to do that. Yeah, which makes me think of uh, one of my last questions as we wrap things up, kind of uh, about the whole idea of becoming kings of our kingdoms, of our of our life, uh, just being the best versions of ourselves and, and men that we can be proud of, like you said, when, when that last day comes, uh, looking yeah. back. Um, you know, I look at you and I've always just admired you and your relationship with your with your woman and your relationship with God, your relationship as a, a father with your kids, like the work that you're doing, the passion you're doing, the oh, amount of... You, you know, the knowledge you have is just, you know, and, and the amount of fun that you have doing it. That's really the, the <laughs> thing that I love the most about you. Um, Cause you could be very stale and stagnant as a, someone who knows so much and yet you have fun with it all. But I mean, I, I think the elders, <laughs> elders only cause you're older than me, but you're not that old. Um, I feel like have such a, a big place in the world of men. Right. And very few of us have had myself included when I mean, I've got a great relationship with my father now, but it took a lot of healing. Um, you know, me looking up to you, you looking up to other men, your father, whomever, like, what do you feel like is the, maybe one of the, the biggest things that, 
you're looking to accomplish in your life as you continue working towards, you know, becoming kings of uh, king of your life, you know, uh, having that abundance in all areas on all facets of your life? Oh, man, great questions, brother. Uh, one of the projects that I'm working on right now is something called Operation Rescue Children. And mm. it's a nonprofit organization where we help train teams around the world who are in place stopping human trafficking. And so my vision for myself, if I, if I heard you correctly with the question, yes. Yes. my vision for myself is to put more energy into that, put more time, put more res resources. And we had some guys from Nepal here staying with me just last week. And man, just to see these people, I mean, you know, I just look up to them so much. They have just completely given their life to live in the middle of these places that are just overcome and um, by just darkness, man. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, those are the people I look up to. I'm like, man, you know, I, I, I do so little compared to that, <clears throat> but that's where I see for myself. Yeah. And what I hope is that men through the coaching, through the life that I'm living, that men all around the world will, will see that. Like, I, I love what you are doing with your coaching, with your ministry, the things that you got going on, Johnny, <clears throat> excuse me teaching men to be kings, to know what that means mm -hmm. and to unpack that term in reality. So it's not just some kind of superficial thing, you know, right, right. about wealth or the acclamation of materials, um, but really just really to know what it means to be that humble servant leader, mm -hmm. whether that is of yourself first, right? In your mission in life, to find that purpose where you can give back. And it reminds me like what Roosevelt said, you know, like the, you know, the warrior in the arena where you just give it all out there so that finally, you know, you can really be in this place where you can smile because you held nothing back, not one ounce of energy. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, it's all about fulfillment because mm -hmm. people who are greedy, people who think that all that they have or all that they earn is just for them to keep and to consume. Those people are miserable, man. I, I yeah. coach lots of those guys, billionaires. And so the, my greatest hope is that my life, what I'm doing, whether it's to help stop human trafficking or to help you know, people right here is that they will see how to give of themselves more, that they recognize the best in themselves and then give that away. I couldn't think of a better way to wrap things up with that. That's, uh, I completely agree. And that circles back around to like with one of the very first questions I asked, which was kind of like, how do you transition truly into being a servant leader? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's again, conceptually, so it's like, oh yeah, just give more, but like to really genuinely show up every single day in your mission. Um, and I'll ask you what, what, another thing that I saw that you posted recently, which I totally resonate with. It's like, um, I think you said something to the fact of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like men should have a mission that's greater than, than themselves and their woman than, what did you say? You said something on, on in Yeah, men media. should have a mission that's greater than anything else in their life, basically themselves, their woman, even their children, greater than their yeah. job, greater than everything. Yeah, that's it. And I, and I feel like, uh, I mean, a younger version of me which was more codependent would be like, no, nothing's more important than my woman, you know, um, yeah. or my kids, or how do you, how do you help men understand why that's so important that you do make that distinction um, and rationalize how it's actually a win, win, win across the board when you have a mission that you're really committed to. Well, and there's lots of great exercises I like to take people through uh, to meet them where they are so that they can, you know, formulate that idea themselves. But the way that I like to think about it is, um, you know, life is not stagnant. It's constantly moving. 
And any times that I put something like my woman or anybody above mission, then what happens is that I hand them the responsibility of validating me. Mm-hmm. And anytime I give someone the ability to validate me, I also give them the ability to invalidate me. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a weight that children and that our woman, they're not meant to, to carry and they can't. Mm-hmm. And if you notice the guys who make their woman the most important thing, they're constantly going to them for affirmation and validation. That woman begins to be repulsed about them because they have to become masculine to develop the strength to carry the validation burden of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And so a man having uh, a mission means that he's able to see direction to take everyone in his family in that way or anyone that he's leading. Mm-hmm. And it's always in that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's always in that transcendent cause that creates the movement in life that adds fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So that's, I teach that in many different ways. Awesome. That may have been a little wordy, bro. I'm sorry. No, no that was actually so, so perfect. Cause that, to me, that really resonated. Like, yeah, of course, if you, if you don't have a mission, um, well then you're going to be looking to, if you're giving away your power to validate yourself, you know, to anything else other than your mission, well, then you're, you're going to be blown in the wind, you know? That's it, man. That's it. That's it. Yeah, That's exactly yeah. right. And, and you notice the old idea that the woman likes the bad boy. Women don't like bad boys. They like guys with a mission. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the bad boy is, you know, this is a guy who cares more about what he's got going on than he does her. Mm-hmm. And to be a good man, loving your woman as your queen, a king loving a queen. I mean, you think about that. I mean, think about any cool movie with kings and queens, like mm-hmm. 300, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a great uh, you know, movie example of how that dynamic works. You love her enough to leave her to go do something epic, something mm-hmm. wonderful. But it's from an agreement from king and queen. Again, mm-hmm. not passive, not abusive, but a place of agreement where you both are in the, the vessel, in the ship, sailing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, thank you <clears throat> once again for your time, for your knowledge, for your love and your gifts. Uh, just sharing that with, uh, I mean, with the community, but we can keep talking about this forever and ever. I could seriously keep going for another hour or two, but <laughs> awesome, I know you man. got well, more, you, more trees hey, to man, cut down. You're doing awesome stuff. I mean, when I was out there with you in Denver last year, I mean, man, you had a great group of guys. And I just want to say to anyone listening, give with Johnny King. He's got some great stuff going on to help you. And if you're a man struggling with purpose, trying to figure out no matter where you are in life, whether you've got it all and now what, or if you're struggling with things that you're just trying to understand, wait a minute, why can't I get a woman? Wait a minute, why can't I uh, hit it hit a stride in business? Or if you're just empty inside, get with Johnny King. I mean, this guy can help you find that purpose and that stride. That's what it's about. Well, I appreciate that. That's more than more than generous. I would say that you know I'm I'm creating a, a growing community for sure. But in terms of uh, the what I love about at least the podcast, just connecting in the men's meeting is just connecting with other thought leaders and coaches um, because the older I get and the more work I do, I realize uh, I cannot serve, <laughs> nor do I know, uh, know enough to be able to, to be everyone's uh, guy. So in that sense, I, I think that's why I wanted to, to get you on and have a little bit more time to talk about your retreats and things like that. So um, granted the, the, the landscape of the world keeps changing, <laughs> but what uh, if, if guys wanted to kind of clue in into, you know, what more you got going on in 2021, your retreats, your coaching, like where, where can they find you and connect with you? I mean, they can just hit me up on my website, keithmwagoner.com 
or I mean, look for me on social media. I'm that real good looking guy. Yeah, yeah. So just, just you know, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, just Keith M. Wagner, uh, you know, W A G G O N E R. They can find me there. And or if you have anybody that you'd love, you know, for me to help, I mean, I'd, I'd love yes. to partner with you. And no doubt, I'm, I'm always here for you, brother. That's awesome. And then, what uh, do you have any actual dates for retreats coming up? We don't have a date for our undisputed mastery stuff in Vegas yet, just because yeah. it's just so uncertain. For sure. I and mean, even Tony Robbins has shut down all of his live events and has gone mm -hmm. virtual. Mm -hmm. We are offering free virtual stuff online and we've got all kinds of awesome dudes. And we'll have another one of those on there uh, this next month. Uh, and it's, you know, everything from dancing and we have a competition dancers teaching men how to seduce their women through dance. That's awesome. We have a Lakota and tribe elder teaching about alpha brainwaves. We got one of Wim Hof's guys and uh, uh, what's his name? James uh, Nestor, you know, the breath coach guy, mm -hmm. the, the book breath. Uh, he's been on there teaching us about nasal breathing, how to detox. Oh, so cool. Yeah. So we're talking about all that stuff. We got cybersecurity guys, all free Zoom. And anybody that wants to be a part of that, just, you know, uh, email me or email you and you'll get on the, our, our email list and you'll get the link so you can be on those free calls. Okay, cool. That's the way to do it is just email you. Uh, yeah, they can do that. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's all hundred percent free. I'm just trying to, you know, add value out there. No, I've seen those. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. Well, thank you again so much, Keith. Um, any last parting words of advice to, to the guys out there or you uh, feel you're like you're, you've tapped, tapped it all. Oh man. There's, there's no way we can tap it all. I would just say, <laughs> just keep listening, keep growing, uh, be humble, open. Yeah. Just keep asking yourself those questions. You know, who, who must I be? And then put that within a context of husband, father, son, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. I love that. The humility just to know that you're always growing and that you can always uh, improve, I think is important. So right, thank man. you again. Appreciate you. Thanks, uh, until next, guys, uh, feel free to check out Keith's website and all the good stuff that he's got going on because I really, really feel like he's changed the trajectory of my life. And I, and I truly believe that uh, no matter how you get involved with him, he'll do the same for you in your life. So until, until we meet again, take care, you guys. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.